you killed everyone. The bikers, the cartels, the kitchen Irish, they're all gone. Yeah, almost. I get it. An eye for an eye and all that. I got a family of my own. I don't. But God's sake, man, killing me is not gonna bring yours back. Well, what does it change if I'm dead? Nothing. Except that some shit face the night before this. Oh, God. That? Get a room, you dirty bastards. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mark Erkman. Welcome to Panels to Pixels, a podcast about comic books that were turned into movies and TV shows. We will talk about the new shows, old shows, and all the movies that have come out in all forms, whether it be cartoons, movies, or TV shows. They could be older, current, or the current scene that is has captivated us for the past 10 years, if not more. We'll be talking about the new Netflix show, The Punisher, for the next 13 episodes. I'll be hosting, over the course of the podcast, I'll be bringing in friends of mine that want to guest host with me till I find a permanent host. I want to welcome my co-host tonight. Avelino. Hello, everyone. Hi, this is Avelino. Um, and most people call me Av as well. So, Mark, feel free to do so. And uh, cool. yeah, well, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate the honor of being the first co-host. <laughs> Not a problem. Uh, tonight's talk is uh, the Punisher episode one, entitled 3 a.m." So, awesome. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about this, get an overview of what's going on on this episode. So okay. uh, you have a little bit more insight, Av, so uh, my suggestion? Yeah, so thank you. Um, so the um, the Punisher series, standalone series that we're going to be talking about, or that Mark's going to be talking about for the next 13 episodes, um, is a continuation of an arc from the character Punisher that appeared in uh, Daredevil Season 2. And in Season 2, the Punisher was, um, you know, a primary uh, uh, guest star, let's put it that way. Um, though he actually had a pretty large um, role in, and his pretty much his own independent arc outside of Daredevils. Um, so this series is a standalone series in itself. You don't have to watch the Daredevil season two to understand anything, but it, it does help to set up, you know, some of his motivations and things like that. Um, for those of you who have seen season two of Daredevil, this um, series, from what I understand, takes place uh, a number of months after those happenings, um, where he's concluding the war and the arc that he started in, in Daredevil Season 2. Um, and uh, so it basically picks up with him killing off the last of his antagonists. And uh, so that's pretty much it. And it leads into um, uh, Episode 1, 3 a.m. for Season 1. Um, do you know the actual first scene of Punisher in the comics? Uh, the not that I can remember. I mean, um, are you talking about when he first appeared and and kind of his origin story? And no, just the the first appearance of Punisher in comic books. Oh yeah, uh, actually I do. Yeah, I do. It's uh, he first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number one twenty nine. 
which was uh, February 1974. And the reason why I know that is because I had that issue in my greedy little hands when I was, let's see, in 74, I would have been nine years old. And so I had that actually in my hands. That was before I knew how valuable comics could be or even before, obviously, how popular uh, the character Punisher would be. So if I had preserved that, that issue and you know in mint or near mint condition it'd probably be worth thousands right now but it's one of those things it's, it's kind of like letting an old girlfriend go that goes on to be a movie star you know so yeah. uh yeah i i actually had that comic book at one point too and i don't know if i still have it because i have a lot of amazing spider-man comics because i started uh-huh. col- like collecting and getting things at age 10 yeah. So cool. In 1982, I was, you know, I was out there getting uh, Miller, you know, baseball cards and comic books and getting comic books. So uh, I do not know. I have to go through all my old comics. <laughs> but it, it's, it's amazing. You know, we got to love the Punisher as he was. Now, mind you, the Punisher we got in this, in this Netflix uh, series is not the one that we've seen in the comics. The exactly. One looked like a onesie that had the big skull on it and yeah. uh, had the slick back hair and yeah. you know, th- there's been so many incarnations and we'll go over that uh, yes. in other podcasts with other people. If you want to come back, you're more than welcome. But, Definitely. Uh, and, and this one, we're just going to concentrate on this episode itself. So yes. uh, we're going to go over a top five. Okay, well, um, I guess I'll start with the number five, um, and then uh, we'll, we'll go with yours, and we'll just keep going back and forth. Um, but, yeah, my number five of five um, was The Punisher's Family. Um, from in, in Daredevil Season 2, and now in episode one of this season, um, the Punisher Frank Castle always, um, you know, always brings back the memory of his of his family, his children, his wife. Um, you can see him dreaming about his wife, dreaming about his children, speaking to them constantly, and so they are an ever present. Um, they're ever-present companions in his life. Um, you know, they're they're essentially his origin story, the the reason for his being. And um, you know, I'm I'm not ruining anything um, because it it is covered in in this first episode that the Punisher became the Punisher because his wife and children were murdered in front of him. Um, at first, the people who murdered his family were a mystery, but then later on he kind of, in Daredevil, he unravels a little bit more and more as to who actually did the murder, and then it continues in um, in episode one now. Um, but he's, uh, the family always shows up, like I said, when he, when the Punisher is sleeping, or when he drifts off, or when he is um, in uh, um, in different scenes or different areas that remind him of his family. And so that's what I really like about this, um, this series is that you're constantly reminded of why he's doing what he's doing 
and um, it, it really grounds his motivation and I think elevates the Punisher of the Netflix series into a believable character. Um, so I, I, I really, really liked how they treated his family and, and made that very realistic um, in that respect. I agree. Uh, my number five was Frank's memories of his wife and his son. Uh, ah, okay. So it, pretty much we agreed, yeah. We agree. It's it's pretty much the reflection of the life he had and him wanting, you know, it's like a lot of it was revenge Yeah. Uh, based on that. And uh, that's yep. how this show has started. Um, yeah. Prior movies have other things going on. I think the only one that that compares would be Thomas Jane's version. But, yes. uh, uh, you know, honestly, I think John Bernthal is actually very good and well-suited for this character. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what was your number four? Um, well, my number four was... Let me jump right in here. It was... Uh, Okay, so so it was basically Lance and his crew, his construction crew. Um, so again, just to um, kind of retread a little bit, the the Punisher in the first ten or ten minutes or so has has concluded all his revenge, or so he thinks, from what happened in Daredevil season one, and after he concludes that battle or that war, whatever you decide to call it, he goes into hiding, he goes underground. And you see um, you see Frank Castle then, he has burned his, um, you know, his, his old uh, Punisher combat uniform and he has now, you know, taken up in a construction crew, which is odd. You know, he's, uh, all he's doing is he's, he's taking a, um, all he's doing is he's taking a uh, um, uh, a mallet and and basically destructing um, uh, a concrete wall, which is which is one of the weirdest things. I don't know how he gets paid to do that um, because they have machines to do that. But but yeah, th that's what we see, you know, in in uh, season one, in episode one, and um, it looks like you know he's still angry. He's still working through the bitterness and the revenge that he feels and things like that. Um, but he seems to be in some sort of equilibrium. And he, he, you know, he's at a place where he's not talking to any of his colleagues, he's not talking to any of his coworkers at all, and the coworkers find him to be really strange. And, um, and so this is where Lance comes in. Lance is the head of this construction crew that also dabbles in underworld, you know, shenanigans, for lack of a better term. And because, you know, because Frank uh, keeps to himself, he, you know, Lance is the typical bully where it's like, hey, you know, you're, if you're not talking to me, you're against me, you know, and, and tries to, you know, agitate Frank and, and uh, pick a fight with him. And um, so episode one is a little strange in the fact that it's kind of a standalone episode in itself, almost a bottle episode, um, maybe reminding people of just Frank's anger or whatever. But, but because of Lance and the way he, you know, tries to screw around with Frank Castle, that almost seems to wake up a little bit of, the, you know, the demon in Frank again. But my question is, you know, I, I don't know, Mark, when you saw it, if you're Lance, why would you ever try to pick a fight with a guy like Frank Castle? I mean. 
you know, you would think that like anyone who can half read a person would know just to never even talk to a guy like that. You know, you understand it. You know I, what I'm I, talking about. I do, but the thing is, I think <laughs> uh, the way Lance his character was was trying to be the alpha male, and uh, yeah, that, that's true. That, and he was in charge, and uh, he sees Frank as somebody who doesn't say anything, and yeah. uh, and it just does his work and just just wants to do what he wants to do, and he can't control him. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Frank is in that mindset that Lance doesn't know that he's going to be there just to do this, and it's way for him to vent out his anger and his mm-hmm. frustrations in life and to be in that kind of solace. You know, he's he's kind of alone in the world, and he yeah. wants to shut everybody out. Which goes to my number four, which is Franking. Frank was actually reaching out to his old friend Kurt at the group. Mm. So he actually does reach out to some people, which mm-hmm. is awesome because you know it's like he's trying to reach out from those in his past that know who he is, know yeah. what he had become and what he had done, but he only chooses to speak to those people in private and and it's and Kurt's like the only one that we've seen so yeah. far obviously in this episode so yeah. my feeling is is that uh, I think Frank is at that point where it's like he just doesn't want to hurt the world and doesn't want the world to hurt him yeah. and he's just taking it out on buildings and doing what he's doing for his job and then things come to change. So we see this in this episode as I'm sure you're going to say in your number three. Well, like what what you talked about, this is what I liked and what really added realism and a groundness to, you know, this whole, whole series. Number one, that Frank Castle needed a job to support himself, you know? Like in the comic books, you know, you saw Frank Castle, the Punisher, just mowing down bad guys, and you know he had an endless wealth of firearms and weapons and ammunition and everything like that. In this Punisher, you know he he needed people. He needed number one a job. You know he needed to earn money. He needed to to get food in his belly. And then number two, his relationship with Curtis. Um, he needed to reach out and. And even though his contact with Curtis was limited, it still provided probably some sort of therapy, you know, for for Frank. And uh, that's that's what I liked is, you know, Punisher. The Punisher wasn't just an island onto himself. He actually had relationships and people he could count on. And, and getting back to my number five, what I mentioned before, obviously his family provided that for him beforehand before they were killed. Um, so those were all elements that really provided um, John Bernthal to make a, a, a character that was really fleshed out, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, all right, that's awesome. Yeah, with number four, um, literally, it, it it just humanizes him. Yeah, and and that's the whole thing in the in the comic books. Uh, not to reflect on that too much, but in the comic books, he was just it, as you first saw him, he was like a paid assassin or yes. somebody going out there doing things. And yep. this, uh, he was pushed, he was used uh, in Daredevil, 
And then yeah. on top of that, through Kingpin. And then next thing you know, he's trying to go out there to right the wrongs of his own life. Yeah. And now that he's yep. done that, now this show comes out, and it shows that he's still struggling, even though yeah. in the very beginning of the show, you see him taking out all the le- all that's left of the cartel. Yeah. And and you actually hear it and see it. Yep. Uh, in that bathroom. Yeah. The guy yeah. states it flat out. So you know, he's he's doing everything that he needs to do for him. And now that that's all done, yeah. All he could do is deal with the struggles of living with what he knows, what he's been burdened with because of everything he's already done. Yeah. And he's just existing. Yep. And and it's hard for a man like that. Especially yeah. somebody that, who, who suffers from PTSD. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, the that when you mentioned that bathroom scene, that that uh, criminal's name was Victor. That was probably one of the better lines in the episode, where Victor goes, "I got a family of my own," and the Punisher goes, "I don't." <laughs> and so you know basically where, where what's going to happen to Victor in the next thirty seconds. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I, I like how we're co- um, comparing and contrasting the Punisher, the Netflix Punisher, to the comic book Punisher, because there are probably a lot of people, a lot of our listeners, that are going to be doing the same thing. I mean, you know, uh, they're, they're, sure, there are going to be some people that are introduced to the Punisher for the first time by watching Netflix, but I, I would imagine there's a lot of people as well who have read the comic books and, you know, kind of are thinking a lot of the same things we are, so... Um, yeah, I think I think that's cool. Well, this but, is pretty um, much opening up everybody to anything that is old and new. You know, yeah. We we could talk about Dolph Lundgren. We could talk about Thomas Jane. We could talk about the other yeah. actor who took him on in the third movie. But uh, you know, honestly, we're just concentrating on this, which is awesome. Yep. And then yeah. uh, the comic book is in its own light, at, uh, and it's the the. Honestly, the comic book character has changed over the past, jeez, 40 years. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, yeah, that, you know, that's amazing, yeah. To me, honestly, I, I, I really enjoyed this particular show. So that, that was the point of yeah, uh, actually yeah. starting with this. So uh, what that's was cool. your number three? Yeah. So my number three is Madani and Homeland Security in general. Um, so Madani, uh, Agent Madani is the um, female agent that we see for the first time in episode one. And she is being transferred from, it looks like from Afghanistan, from some, some sort of posting in Afghanistan to um, ho- the Homeland Security office in New York City. And um, so you know with her appearance that she's probably going to be some sort of important recurring, recurring character. Um, she uh, is investigating the death of a partner of hers, um, that uh, a partner that got killed in Afghanistan. Um, I don't have the name of him right now, but anyhow, she's investigating her, her old partner from in Afghanistan who was executed. Um, and executed after being horrifically tortured and interrogated um, as uh, as a terrorist, where wherein in truth this partner was actually a policeman, an, an Afghan policeman. 
And so you see her introduced for the first time. And I really liked her character because she was, um, you know, she was, she had a spine, you know, she, she knew what she was after and she had a really clear motivation in investigating um, this, uh, the death of her partner. And you have a feeling that the, this investigation is going to lead into some sort of um, overlap with the Punisher himself or, or possibly with the, the people that the Punisher um, uh, killed or was in conflict with in the, in the Daredevil episodes. So, um, yeah, I really liked her character even from the beginning. Um, uh, I thought she was, she was pretty kick-ass. Yeah, uh, I really appreciate our character. Uh, it's like she's really trying to pry into the ideas of the Punisher and what he is yeah. and what he's doing and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number three was Frank saving Donnie, uh, the young guy that was at the construction site. Mm. Um, you know, it's like he knew that Donnie was a really good kid. Yeah. So, you know, it's like he opened up a little bit and he kind of like was standoffish saying thanks for the sandwiches and that and yeah. But mm -hmm. this comes into later on into the episode where, wow, it's like, you know, Donnie decides to get involved with the other guys. And, yeah. Uh, yep. you know, and, and, you know, because something went wrong at the workshop. Yeah. You know, at the workplace. And, you know, and here we are. You know, yes. To me, honestly, it's like a good kid put in a position because he w he needs the money. Yeah. You know, it's like working in Manhattan and doing all that stuff and living. And he was uh, taking care of his grandmother as well. I think it, he was paying for her meds and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and he was a good kid. So yeah. I think that uh, Frank knew that when he saw him and he yeah. thanked him and you know he cared for the the kid but he didn't want it, the kid to get too close because sometimes mm -hmm. you know somebody like that is like don't get close to me because yeah. I don't want anything bad to happen to you yeah so, uh, that that was really my number three because honestly uh, it, it showed m the more human side of Frank eventually yeah. and you know yep. it's like the, and then Part of what we love about our heroes or people that we read in comic books that do things for the little man, well, this is where Frank does it. So yeah. uh, this episode kind of clearly states that when he goes out and uh, does something for Donnie. And yeah. we'll go into that a little bit more a little later. But yeah. uh, do you have a number two? Yes, I do, actually. And your number three leads directly into my number two, and that's the construction site fight, the fight between the Punisher and Lance and his crew to help protect Donnie himself. Um, this fight was brutal. This fight was visceral. This fight was real. You felt every bone crunch and you know you 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 see saw the drops of blood and it was this fight was pure punisher this was you know being an old punisher fan this is what 
I remember um, when I was reading the comic books, the kind of action scenes that, you know, like really got you just both disgusted and excited at the same time because it, the Punisher is, I think, unlike, uh, is like very few other Marvel Universe, um, let's call them heroes. I don't know if we call them superheroes or heroes or whatever. In the fact that, you know, he's a normal man, he has normal strength and everything like that, but, you know, he has an inner fortitude and an, and an inner just devil that, you know, will will just tear, you know, his opponents apart. And the way he took down, you know, these three thugs was with uh, um, with the sledgehammer was just totally brutal. And, uh, yeah, this, this was the Punisher that I remember reading about when I was a kid. <laughs> Honestly, it's funny, too, because it's like I, I remember as a little kid, <laughs> yeah. the Punisher just came out and started shooting and doing all this stuff against all yeah. the heroes, you know, he was the uh, the antagonist, you know, he was the, the bad guy, you know. Yeah, he, uh, he was the one that you would go, you know, like, whereas, you know, heroes like Daredevil or Luke Cage or whomever, they would, you know, they pull their punches, they knock out the people, you know, and tie them up and everything like that, and, and that was really cool, you could get behind that, but he was the one that would you know, just mow through people. But essentially, he fought like a Marine, you know, um, kind of took no prisoners, you know, kind of approach. And understanding his background, which they talk about a lot in Episode 1, him being a recon Marine and things like that, you understand why he, you know, he basically kills instead of being killed, you know. He um, yeah. he pulls no punches in that respect. And that was, like I said, that 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 whole scene was just all out. Just, just, um, yeah, just, just so guttural. brutal. Yeah, guttural, exactly. Yeah, just, just, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was incredible. It, it was incredible that, this is what I like about the the Netflix series in general is they go to these kind of places that are you know sometimes a step beyond just normal cable or you know paid paid for cable things like that. Yeah, a little um, bit no holds barred. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah that, which leads to mine, which uh, number two, which is uh, you know taking out Lance with the sledgehammer and then burying yeah. them all in cement. I'm like, that yeah. is such an Italian thing to do. <laughs> like, kind of like, uh, you know, a mafia kind of thing, yeah. kind of the cartel. And the thing was yeah. is that, you know, he, he took out his anger on what they were doing to this kid. And he knew that yeah. the kid was a good kid. And he just wanted to do right by him. So the one thing is, it's not to give any sort of mercy to them because yeah. he knew that they were going to leave this kid for dead. So honestly, yep. it's like to me, you know, it's like that's not the Punisher that we ever saw before. It showed heart. It showed uh, courage and courageousness and yeah. offending for the, the the little person, you know, honestly. It's yeah. like 
Yeah, that that's the one thing, you know, they created a hero, but he's still an anti-hero because he, you know, still goes to extremes. But the thing yeah. is, is that, uh, you know, in, in, <coughs> books, in the very beginning, he was a, a very visceral, I'm here to do this because I'm getting paid. And yeah. now it's gotten to the point, it's like, okay, he's... Not, he doesn't have any superpowers. He doesn't. All he has is what he knows from the military. He knows yeah. how to read people. He knows how to go through and take out people. My feeling is is that he's an awesome natural hero, something that we yeah. all look up to. And uh, honestly, it's like I look up to anybody that's in the military. You know, mm. yeah. mm. you know, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. Uh, yeah, my nephew's in in the Air Force now, and you know, God bless him. Yeah, my father yep. was a Marine, and mm. you know, he didn't see battle. But the thing is, the one thing I don't want my nephew to see is battle. Um, yeah, but, you know, there's only so much you could protect uh, with everything yep. that's going on in this world. Yeah, but, yeah, and know, yeah, it, and, uh, and Frank's background was. You know, he saw a lot of battle. I mean, he was a special operator, and uh, yeah, the. But but you're right. That mindset, you know, the the military mindset is, you know, they they train you, they invest in you, they they make you into you know a fighting machine, and um, you know, a, a lot of the military has that no quit type of attitude, especially the Marines and Frank Castle really did. You know, displayed that, um, you know, in uh, in in this episode, especially in that fight. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, also too, even leading up to that fight, like earlier on when Lance was kind of picking on him and stuff like that, it, it was amazing how you know the the show, the episode, just kind of brought up the tension and almost like you know turned up the boil on the Punisher. But didn't let it boil over until that final fight, and when when it did, it it was like I said, it was pure, hundred percent Punisher. <laughs> yeah, well, especially when he went after the the rest of the guys after the uh, yeah the card game and yes. uh, taking them out. You know, honestly, yeah. that was needed. <laughs> but uh, yeah. honestly, he was stepping on people's toes at that point, so yeah. it kind of made him a mark. Uh, at that point, not to uh, yep. use my own name, but <laughs> um, so what was your number one? So uh, my number one is I bet it's the same as your number one. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm guessing. Is John Bernthal in general? Um, his his taking on this role, and he he is an actor, in other words, um, taking on this role because. Uh, I can't say enough of how perfect John Bernthal really played the Punisher, played Frank Castle um, in episode one. It's it's all that I really could have asked for in the Punisher. Um, I had seen, you know, I had seen all the Punisher movies um, with Dolph Lundgren and Thomas Jane, and I can't remember who the third guy was. Um, and uh, they, there was a woodenness to all of their portrayals. You know, the closest true was Thomas Jane, but even he didn't get it quite right. And John Bernthal, he 
it's amazing. I mean, you and I have been watching him from, you know, The Walking Dead, which we're both big fans of, to his other, um, you know, roles in, like, Sicario and in um, Wind River and, and uh, you know, both roles big and small. And, and so this was his, probably his first leading man role, especially in the series. And I thought he played it perfectly. He played not only the physicality of the role in the fact that, you know, he he moved and he spoke like a Marine. He fought like a Marine, both with his gunplay and his martial arts. Um, but that he also portrayed the Punisher as a very hurt, you know, individual, someone who was recovering from, uh, you know, dare I say it, mental illness, you know. Um, yeah. I don't know what, what it was, whether it be depression or or PTSD or a combination of all of those. Um, but John Bernthal as an actor plays those roles really, really well. I, I would love to see him just, you know, take a role that's out, out there, like, you know, romantic comedy or whatever even. <laughs> but as, a, as that kind of hurt um, uh, kind of character... And also a character that you become empathetic with, even though he might be um, the antagonist or, in this case, the protagonist um, as the Punisher. He's still someone that you're, you're, you tend to be sympathetic to. Even when he was Shane and he was, you know, kind of playing a, an asshole, you know, as Shane started to be towards the end, you still had some sympathy for him and you still hoped that he could change, you know, and, and become the good guy again. Um, but yeah, John Bernthal is able to do that as an actor and bring those roles to to life, and he and he did so, I thought, perfectly for The Punisher, and I'm so glad. Uh, I, I'm also speaking to his his performance in Daredevil season two, so I'm so glad that they cast him in this role. Same here. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, we we got that whole idea of Shane, but uh, I have to bring up uh, John's other roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually did comedy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he did a, a comedy with uh, Jason Ritter. Uh, oh, that's funny. I never saw early that. Two thousands. Okay. And he can portray a com- uh, comedic role. Um, uh, I, I think he's really good. Uh, especially when he came on my radar, and when uh, I saw okay. him. And uh, I saw him, you know, when I first turned on and, you know, what was it, October 31st on, uh, <laughs> in 2010 for uh, yeah. The Walking Dead and he was Shane. Yeah. You know, uh, he had that little zeal to him, you know, mm-hmm. with the, within the character itself with uh, the jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but also the grudge match with Robert De Niro and Stallone. And ah, okay. He, he, it was very dramatic, but it was very well done. Mm-hmm. And um, my mother actually loves that movie because mm. uh, she goes, who is that guy? And I, I explained who it was, and she had no clue. And she was wow. like, uh, he's going to go far. I'm like, okay. I think, and then I said to her, I was like, yes, this is good. Yeah. Uh, he is a good comedic actor as well as a regular dramatic actor. And she goes, really? Yeah. And then she started looking at everything that he's done. Okay. And, uh, you know, and like you said, Sicario and uh, a couple of others. But uh, honestly, to me, the grudge match actually pointed out 
it showed a more humanistic point of him of being a son okay. trying to reach out to a father that you know, and that that whole movie was really interesting. And okay. uh, I think he played that character very well. I think he takes okay. from every character that he does. Shane ah. being one of them, being a mainstay, mm-hmm. but going a little bit, a little bit crazy um, mm-hmm. for the Punisher. Um, yeah. And on top of that, uh, you know, some of the comedic things, because uh, as you, if you binge watched like I did, <laughs> yeah, you'll uh, you'll if you watch the whole Punisher series, you'll start to see some comedic things come out. Those are little things that he'll say, and it's not meant to be comedic, but it has that. I gotta laugh, <laughs> you know. Uh, in other words, like his time mic is like comic comedic timing and the way he delivers a line is... Exactly. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, to me, it's like he, he's... Uh, you know, Chris Hardwick actually interviewed him and I heard it through the Nerdist podcast and mm-hmm. honestly, it was the most honest I have ever heard an actor be. Mm. And, uh, he's very, very nice. Mm. Uh, when I first met him, uh, I was at a Walker Stalker con Cool. And and it was when he just got signed as mm. Punisher for okay. Daredevil. And uh, I said to him, I can't wait for you to come out and this and that and the other. I think you're going to be perfect for this role. And obviously, yeah. he has been. Honestly, In my opinion, he's got the physical attributes because obviously he worked out for the role. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, he knows the mindset and he knows yeah. how to get into the mindset. Yeah. So I don't know if that comes from going to Russia and learning all theatrics and everything that he's done, hmm. because uh, you got to listen to that podcast. Honestly, uh, it was the most interesting podcast I listened to, and okay. it got me through my work day. <laughs> okay. But uh, he he's a very you could tell he's a very down to earth and very nice person. Mm, and, okay. Uh, you know, and uh, he's very into his, uh, you know, his craft. Uh, okay. I, I think I think this, you know, if they re-up it for another Netflix or they put him into another Netflix show, which mm-hmm. I hope, this yeah. would be awesome. So. Have you seen him in any of the live panels at the Walker Stalker cons that you attended? Oh, yes. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, he's... Okay. he's He's very humorous. Uh, between uh. him and Sarah Wayne Calise, uh, they're they're very much good friends. Uh, he has a lot of respect for his uh, all the people he's worked with. You know, he okay. loves them dearly, and he thinks of them as friends. He need uh, friends and and family, and he loves going to those things, and he loves oh, that's great. to the people. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't wait for this weekend because honestly, I'm gonna I have a photo op with him. So oh, awesome! Good, good, good. <laughs> uh, excellent. What was your number one? Uh, my number one was uh honestly the justifiable violence uh at mm. the card game uh yeah. based upon Donnie, you know his friend Donnie, who was gonna be you know, killed and thrown into cement, but he stopped, yeah. and he stopped Lance and uh, the other guy to doing that, and yeah. honestly, it's like, uh, there, sometimes there's justifiable 
you know, violence that has to be made because you have to protect the person that can't protect themselves. Yep. And somebody who is very honest and being pure in who they are. So, honestly, it's like the character became exactly who he was from the beginning, protecting the little, the the small person. Uh, he went overseas to do all these things, and you know, uh, you know. And actually, he yeah, he started questioning that too, um, with what he brought that up with Curtis um, that uh, you know he was talking about how Afghanistan was different than his other postings. So that kind of um, that kind of probably previews the later episodes and what actions he might have taken over there that might have led to you know some stuff going on over here. Um, I, I, I saw an interview with John Bernthal when he was, um, you know, publicizing the Punisher series, and he was saying that the um, the violence in this series um, was uh, plot-driven. In other words, it forwarded the plot. It wasn't just gratuitous. Um, even though, for example, the scene that I talked about is my number two was very visceral and and very bloody, it still, you know, forwarded the the plot, um, at least according to John. Uh, and I, I would tend to agree that that the two heavy, heavily violent scenes in here, the one that you just mentioned with the, you know, him going back to shooting all the 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 mobsters, and also the the him killing Lance and his crew, even though. Those are both bloody and, and kind of exciting to see, as you know, from a vigilante standpoint. Um, it it also made sense to who the the Punisher was and what the Punisher was trying to do, and that, that's another reason why I really I really love this show so much. Um, yeah. Uh, I hope they put out the the next season. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, it's like I'm I'm just hoping that eventually the it, it, goes into defenders because that way he could help out uh even though he's considered pretty much an anti-hero yeah but, yeah you know my my feeling is is that he is a hero for those that need a hero yeah and he can't even be a hero to himself yeah so, you know it's it, it's one of those sad songs and um yeah, a lot of it you know if you look uh I know a few people that are in the military that actually look at this and go, I know how it feels. Mm. Because they had to do some bad things. And honestly, yeah. you know, and then they want to do the right thing. And then yeah. you got those that suffer. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, honestly, uh, you know, overseas and everything that's happened and and all that, you know, I just want the best for those guys. Mm. You know, yeah, it's like you gotta love your vets, uh, yeah. and you know you can't turn your back on them. They're good people. I, I, the the PTSD that you mentioned that just kind of is a preview of one of your, your later episodes. You're going to be talking that um, about that at length with uh, Kristen, right? Um, in some future time. Kristen will probably you know come on. Um, she actually handed me <laughs> something to ask. Uh, John at uh, a panel for this week. Ah, so cool. I'm gonna nice. uh, either I'm going to ask it or my niece will. 
Ah, okay, excellent. Yeah, or my brother <laughs> if he chooses to come with me. This so, is the, the New York, New Jersey one, right? Uh, exactly, uh, yeah. Okay. Walker Stalker, New York, New Jersey. Cool. So uh, hopefully uh, Mr. Jason from Walking Dead cast, uh-huh. uh, who, who he does with Karen Morvay. Um, you know, uh, I love that show. Yeah, as me too. As much as you do. Yes. <laughs> and I wouldn't be here, and neither would you at this Correct. point, unless, uh, you know, the influence of them. Yeah. Um, I love podcasting, and I love listening to it, and this is my first foray. You Good. Know, my, you know, so my feeling is, is uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Karen. Yes. Thank you, Rima and Sean. Yes, thank and you. thank you, Brian Malosh. Yes. So uh, thank you all for getting us into this because uh, I'm sure Av will come back on and talk at a later episode. So I definitely will. Yeah, I definitely will. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Kristen uh, has a few ideas of herself, so that will be great. We, you know, she wants to talk more about it. So be it. You know, cool. Uh, this is an open forum in a, in a sense for us to actually talk. And uh, she has some insight, which I, I agree with. Good. Uh, you know, um, uh, next week's uh, co-host will be uh, Paik Allen. Oh, awesome. So, so Paik will be helping me on the next episode, which is episode two of Punisher on Netflix, mm. which is called Two Dead Men. So mm. um, that's what's going on with that. Cool. Uh, this is awesome. Yeah, we're lo- we're looking to get at least uh, all thirteen episodes talked about and yeah. specifics about each. So yes. everybody who's listening, please keep listening. <laughs> uh, we 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 want everybody to listen. And if you have any feedback, feel free to call or no, uh, there's no call in show yet. Sorry, um, but. Uh, we do have a, an email, and you could uh, email us at panels2pixels1 at gmail.com. And if you cannot email, then you could go to the Facebook page, which is panels2pixels, uh, easily found on Facebook. Uh, please leave any information. Uh, that you have per this episode or any future episodes that you want to talk about, I'll gladly read them. Uh, my co-host will read them. Um, we want more input. Uh, if you feel that you love the show and you want your words spoken, I will gladly read them, and so will my co-hosts. So uh, please follow through, follow the Facebook page, and you know, email us. Give us hmm. some information. I love feedback. That's great. Uh, so uh, the next thing I love to do is uh, news of the week. And usually that's based upon comics, anything in TV shows or movies. Right now not much is going on based upon the Netflix. Uh, we don't have any news for Punisher, honestly. Hmm. But, you know, the, the show dropped in mid-November. Um, yeah. So, no, you know, if a lot of you are a lot like me, 
binge-watched it in one to two days. And you want to go back and you want to relive it or whatever. You know, some people are like, I don't want to relive that because it was so depressing. But the thing is, um, honestly, I love uh, the idea of the Punisher. Um, mm. I love the concept and the idea. Um, like I said, he's an anti-hero, but he is a hero yeah. in, nonetheless, and he'll be in other Marvel Netflix shows. I'm pretty sure of. I'm sure he's going to. I hope so. Yeah. Daredevil and Defenders. He, and he has some unfinished business business with the Kingpin, I think. So, you know. Oh, definitely. Knock on wood. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> With this, we have uh, news of the week. Uh, the only thing that came out that is really big is Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Now, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I love the uh, original movie. I saw it when it came out that opening weekend, and um, I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> it was amazing. So, uh, and then on top of that. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy came out on uh, Blu-ray and digital DVD, uh, ah. digital media. So um, I've been watching that like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you or no? I, I saw I saw it a couple of times after it um, got to iTunes finally. Uh, I have a six-year-old, and so it, it's hard to get out to the movie theaters to see a, a movie while it's being released. Um, but yeah, I, I did see it a few times on on iTunes, and uh, oh, yeah, I loved it too. I I, I love I love the first movie, Guardians of the Galaxy, and I, I like what they did with the, the the second movie. Yeah, the second movie actually opened up a little bit more, and I you got to see more about Peter Quill. You understood yeah. and where everything was going. Which yep. leads me into the next one, which is Avengers Infinity War. That yes. <laughs> dropped. Now, that, yeah. you know, it's like I, I stated Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. It's not Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. It's, it was Guardians of the Galaxy Media. Sorry. So, uh, basically, uh, the trailer for Avengers Infinity War dropped this week. Uh, yeah. Honestly, that's something that I want to see. <laughs> yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there's so many characters. Now, mind you, I would love to see the Defenders in it. Mm -hmm. I would love to see Punisher in it. I would um, love to see X-Men in it if, if that were possible, too. Well, uh, Warner Brothers is working on something with Disney, apparently, so uh, yeah. we won't know until later on. Yeah. I'm hoping for that. If they do recast, they do recast. If not... yeah. Whatever, you know, it's like uh, Warner Brothers has already carved their little notch in that area because of the original X-Men movie that came out in, like, what, 99, 2000? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, mm, I, was like I, I just want to see a real Marvel-driven X-Men movie. Yeah. The only thing yeah. close to that that we're going to get is New Mutants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, that is looking to be more like a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but honestly, that makes more sense. So uh, getting back uh, yeah. to the Infinity War um, uh, trailer, did you read that arc of comics when it was released? I think back in the nineties. Did you follow that? 
No, then? I did not. That, that ah, okay. uh, sadly enough, uh <laughs> I'm uh back in the nineties I was more into music. Ah, okay. So I kind of like omitted anything comic books, so uh I occasionally went in, got a comic, X Men, X Factor or whatever. Yeah. And then uh kind of dwindled out over the years. Mm. So it wasn't up until about maybe ten years ago that I started getting back into comics mm-hmm. just to uh read and catch up and see what's going on and you know, you you love your typical to me Fantastic Four, X Men, yeah. Spider Man is my ultimate favorite of all, I'm sorry. <laughs> cool. But uh <laughs> Homecoming was the ultimate for me so far and uh ah. I, I love the Tobey Maguire movies, regardless yeah. of how cheesy some of it could be. But um, uh, and I love Nick Hammond back in the 1970s because I grew up on Nick Hammond as Spider-Man. Okay. On uh, the TV series and the the old original movies like the Chinese mm. Connection and everything else. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, I started getting back into comics, and I never read that. And I, I mm. picked up the uh, graphic novel of, mm-hmm. of Infinity Wars, and ah, okay. perused it. And I didn't really go through everything, kind of like Old Man Logan, because now Logan, uh, the movie Logan came out, and that was awesome. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was a, a really great depiction. I thought it was the best Wolverine movie <laughs> that came out. Ah, cool. Over the years. Uh, um, you know, I, I found it interesting to have the Silver Samurai in the second movie and then have the introduction for the first, but kind of got, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're talking comic movies, so <laughs> honestly, uh, the, the ending of the Wolverine uh, origins uh, didn't really click with me. Yeah, I wasn't mm. happy with it. I didn't like the Deadpool we got. Okay. I'm sure everybody else oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's like Warner Brothers and everything. Everything else is changing, so um, I'm hoping that Warner and uh, Disney do come to some sort of agreement, kind of like Sony did. Yeah, I and hope then, so. Yeah, and I, and I hope that they do come with a new X Men. You know, even if X Men wasn't a main movie, if they brought them into something. Yeah. My my ultimate as a kid, the kid inside me wants Secret Wars. Mm. And, uh, and I want a Secret Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's just me. What, when is the Infinity Wars movie due out anyway? In uh, it's coming out in May. May. Okay. All right. May of 2018 and it's awesome. And it's it's going to be pr- a couple of movies, right? Like it'll arc over um, originally, it was supposed to be two movies, so I do not know. Um, <clears throat> from what they're posting and what they're you know, showing and portraying is that it's this one movie, but the okay. we've already had, what, three Iron Man. We had yeah. three Captain America. Yeah. Did we? Two. Yeah. Yeah, we had... Um, uh, yeah, three Captain Americas, yeah. Yeah, three Captain Americas, three Iron Man. So, uh we have one Avenger well, three Avengers films coming out and the third one coming out in 
in May. So unless they do yeah. an ultimate movie regarding, uh, like maybe the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. You know that that's the thing. Does Thanos get this thing? Does he get all the jewels for his gauntlet? And you know. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that that it probably will arc over at least two movies. You know, if not three. Um, there just seems to be so many characters that they want to involve in this big battle that it's almost impossible to fit that all in even a three-hour movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah but I'm, I'm looking Marvel. forward to it, too. Yeah. I love Marvel, and, uh, you know, I love DC. I really want to go see, you know, Justice League. A lot of people have been telling me don't go see it. And, you know, mm. to me, I want to be entertained. Yeah. I still yet to see Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, same with me. Yeah. Well, when you see, let me know when you see um, either Thor and or Justice League, and I'll, I'll see it around the same time. We can compare notes on the Zed Head Unites uh, uh, Facebook page, then. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like uh, this weekend is going to be kind of busy, but hopefully Monday I could actually do something. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so I'm looking to get out and do something and actually go see a movie. Uh, I work in retail, so obviously work is kind of hectic this time of the year. Yeah, I can. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So cool. um, next up, uh, the only other comic news that I could. St- date and we could talk about is uh, Doomsday Clock. I'm not a huge DC fan. Um, hmm. I yeah, love Batman. Uh, I love Batman. I love Superman. I gotten the old Superman when they started redoing them in the early 90s. Uh-huh. Uh, when, when they redid all of the whole Superman back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I read and I collected I think I have three issues of the first printing of Issue one of Watchmen. Mm. <laughs> wow. And, and yeah, and then I have like maybe the the next two or three in doubles. Mm. But uh, you know, Doomsday Clock is uh, interesting for the fact that they actually take the Watchmen characters and put them into the DC superhero universe. Oh wow, and, interesting. Yeah. So they have contact with like Batman and Superman and. Exactly. All that stuff. So, oh wow, that's incredible. Huh. So my my feeling is this is awesome. Hmm. It's kind of like DC acknowledging their bastard child. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, this was an adult comic for its time. Yeah. Um and we didn't want to talk about it and then now it's like they, they made a great movie about it. Uh, honestly, yeah. I love the Watchmen. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, I I loved that movie when it came out. It's like yeah, it, people didn't understand it, it. Yeah, it paid very good homage to the 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 comic books. It, it it followed the comics really really well, and I think that the people that were disappointed in the movie were the people that would not have understood or or yeah would not have understood the comics originally. In other words, like you know, seeing very human superheroes, you know, and 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 you know greedy superheroes and evil superheroes and all that or self-serving superheroes and uh yeah that, that that's probably where i think a lot of the problems you know of the watchers came from but i, I think that 
I have a feeling I, I haven't really talked about that movie with a lot of people, but I have a feeling that people who are big fans of the comic book series came away from the movie, you know, thinking that it was pretty decent, you know, paid pretty good honor to to the move to the comics. Yeah, the, the the movie did justice to the actual comics, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, <clears throat> yes. All the visuals, everything that had happened, Jeffrey Dean yeah. Morgan's portrayal as uh, the comedian was amazing. Yeah. You know, it's like yes. a lot of people don't remember that. I remember yeah. that when I saw him come on screen, they said, this per-, I was like, wait a minute, he was a comedian. And then, <laughs> of course, I got family going, no, he was Denny and, you know, Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay, I don't know that. <laughs> I watched maybe a few episodes. And then, uh, you know, and you had a lot of other actors in that that were very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, it was very good portrayals of those characters. Yes, I uh, thought so, yeah. I think it's a very underrated movie still. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's like, to me, uh, it's one of my go-tos as far as Blu-rays. If I'm going to watch something, I was like, oh, I want to watch something interesting. And, so. and in, in the Watchmen, the, what was that one character's name, the, the guy with the ink spot type oh, of mask? Rorschach. Rorschach, yeah. He, yeah. he was based on the Punisher, right? Like, I mean, the, the way, in you know. In some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. If you think about it, he walked around with a gun. He took uh, justice in, in his own hands, and, and he even like wrote a war journal a, a lot, like the Punisher did as well. Very, even though the Punisher was a Marvel, cop, you know, character. Exactly. Very similar. Yeah. And uh, oddly enough, in Doomsday Clock, uh, the first issue, I have a variant lenticular uh, variant. <laughs> that has a Rorschach on it, mm. which is holographic. Okay. And, uh, but, spoilers, one, two, three, four, five, skip ahead. Okay, Rorschach died at the very end of the original Watchmen series. Right, yeah. So, uh, somebody comes out as the new Rorschach, Ah, in this series, so it's okay. weird. So it's all about trying to figure out who this person is and where they come from and how do they come to be. Okay. And and now he's involved in this new world. And mm. uh, when is uh, Doctor Manhattan coming out and everything else? Mm. So and, it, and there's a lot of hate going on. I only perused through the actual comic. I didn't get to actually sit and read completely. But uh, it, it's making me want more. Okay. And honestly, you know, the, to me, I'm not a DC person. Yeah. The last thing I read was uh, the last Batman um, big series that was out. Yeah. And, and that was interesting, to say the least. Yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of what's going on now with the, the DC universe is they're getting a little bit more vicious and mm-hmm. a little bit strong and angry, which is awesome. Mm. Um, but to me, you know, it's like I'm still a Marvel kid. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a Marvel kid. Uh, I'll I'll live and breathe a Marvel kid. Uh, yeah. I want my X Men. I want my Spider Man. I want my Hulk. Um, and I'm cool. glad that the Hulk got to be comedic in the new Thor Ragnarok movie. Ah, okay. So <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I I think this was awesome. 
yeah. well, I, I can't thank you anymore, Avelino. Thank you, Av, oh, for uh, oh, can, calling in. Can we just discuss one last thing before I leave? Sure. And, uh, just one last thing. I, I just wanted to spend a couple minutes just kind of discussing what The Punisher meant to me when I was really heavy into comics because he was actually one of my favorite comic books. Um, this would have been my teen years, I guess, back in the 80s. And um, I, I love The Punisher. I, I, the reason why I liked him so much was back then he was one of the few heroes or anti-heroes that actually crossed that line into, you know, creating a terminal ending to, you know, a lot of his, a lot of his foes, you know, unlike Spider-Man, unlike, you know, Daredevil. And I don't know, for some reason that kind of clicked in me. Uh, I didn't know what it was, but there was something about the 80s. Um, how, how old are you, by the way, Mark? Um, if you don't mind my asking. I'm 45. Okay, I'm 52, so I'm I'm seven years your elder, and uh, so for me the 80s was you know I I was in high school and then in college at that time, and the 80s was was really the late 70s and and 80s was was um, characterized by really high crime rates in in a lot of major cities, and and I grew up just outside of New York, and and you grew up in New York City yourself, so you you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, shows like The Equalizer and, you know, movies like The Warriors, which showed just like, you know, rampant crime and gangs and, you know, were popular because, um, uh, you know, that was that was what I guess America kind of saw, you know, as far as runaway crime goes. And, and, and the reason why The Equalizer was popular was because it kind of gave people a way to fight back and to protect themselves against, you know, what they thought were vicious criminals. And The Punisher was one of those, you know, one of those heroes as well. And um, what I liked about him was not only would he stand up for the little man and, and also take it one step further in, you know, killing his foes. But also, um, he was he was a very he was a very honorable character in the comics and he is a very honorable person in the Netflix series too. Um Sure, in the comics he got a little cartoony and two-dimensional, but he was that kind of person that you know he knew his virtues. He, you know, he didn't mess around with drugs, for example. He didn't mess around with women. You know, he, 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 you know, he didn't have those kind of weaknesses that we see in, in some of the other heroes. He was he was like a, a samurai warrior gone PTSD. You know, and um, I think that's that's one of the things that really clicked in me back in my youth I was really a lot into martial arts and into you know uh, kind of like following the ways of Bushido and stuff like that and, and so that that's what I really liked about the Punisher as well um, so yeah I just wanted to kind of put that out and into why that I was so excited when the Netflix Punisher series came out yeah it's uh, it's a unique character honestly um, yeah not that any of all Marvel characters are not unique, but they are. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's like that was taken out of the, you know, what was created through Netflix and over the past, jeez. Wow, that came out in 1974. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so exactly, said, yeah. What, 43 years ago? 43 years ago, yeah. Almost as old as you are, essentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
So, uh, yeah, honestly, it's like, you know, they, they cr- try to create characters that are more human-based. Yeah. Uh, honestly, with the Punisher, when it first came out, wasn't meant to be that. It was meant to be just mm-hmm. another, uh, an, an, an antagonist, uh, somebody to poke at the uh, superheroes. And then and eventually, yeah. within, by the mid-80s, I think, yeah, exactly. That more, you know, it's like Punisher War Journal came out in the '90s and stuff like that, yep. late '80s, early '90s. Yeah. And then you know, it it became he became a presence unto its own, and where it made sense. Yeah. Uh, through the act of adversity, it's like oh, it's like oh, this is worse than me. I got to go against that. So. Yeah. Yeah, that that's my feeling. It's like you know they created characters that were more of heart. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that DC doesn't. Uh, Marvel tends to do that. There is a lot of things you can look at. Tony Stark, he was a drunk, uh, had dealt with his issues. You had yeah. Banner dealt with his anger issues. You had yeah. uh, Spider-Man uh, with his growing pains. Um, it, you know exactly. That, yeah. Yeah, it's like it, there's like. There's so many you could pick from different things yep. that, you know, it's like uh, the Fantastic Four in itself. It's like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like every, each individual character has its own. Uh, yeah. DC uh, deals with that, too, because if you look at, you know, Batman, he's pretty much DC's Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, and, you know, it's like Wonder Woman, you know, she's just the god, but she goes through the idea of, like, I'm a god, but I have to deal with human issues. And then yeah. same thing with Superman. Uh, there are a bunch of things. And then you got Hal Jordan. I, I, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, you know, it, the, with Marvel, it seemed to be a little bit more realistic. Yeah, they more raw. Put it down to the person, um, you know, it's now with uh, Black Panther, which I'm looking forward to seeing. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, you got T'Challa and uh, what he's going through. Yeah. And and he has to lead a bunch of people and everything else after his father had passed away. And then he's got these newfound friends and he wants to protect the world. But he also has to protect those people that, you know, yeah. looked at differently and other sites. So that's another story unto itself <laughs> based on yeah. <laughs> well, I I really appreciate you, you know, bring me on this first episode. I had a lot of fun. Not a problem, man. I really appreciate you actually stepping up and doing this. Yeah. Uh, you know, I yeah, the original idea was me to do it alone and just talk smack and just <laughs> say how I feel about the show and yeah. you know with that it becomes one sided exactly yeah. honestly you know, it's always best to talk to another person yes. get their viewpoint if you come mutual great if you don't yeah. you know it, it's two different ideas and I've heard yeah. other podcasts where you know it's like all this is negative, 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 and I'm, yeah. honestly, there's got to be a negative and a positive. Yeah. Or if anything, two positives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there can't be two negatives because if you're constantly negative, then that's the rest of the world, and yep. we don't want that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, dude. Well, uh, yeah, that's a lot of fun. I, I I appreciate it. So, 
Um, no you know, I, I wish you luck with the rest of the episodes, and yeah, I'll, I'll be popping in as well in the future too. So thank you. <laughs> All right, no problem, and thank you. And uh, this was Panels to Pixels, Episode 1, and I hope you all continue to listen. And thank you, Avelino. You're welcome. And uh, we're going to say goodnight. All right. All right, take care. Have a good one. All right, goodnight.